Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast, personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am excited to have Nick Donato with us today from Donato Financial Group. Nick is second generation business owner and I'm excited to talk about his story and the success of the business. Thank you, Nick, so much for joining us. Thank you, Cheryl. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. So we're just gonna start with the family business. Your father started the business. Many years ago, you joined the business. Just tell us a little bit about the, the story, your father's story and the transition and how you got involved in the business. Sure. So my dad was um, uh, started this business in 1973, right out of college. He was, um, uh, he was the first graduating class of Bergen Community College here in Bergen County, New Jersey. Uh, put himself through school and happened to meet a gentleman uh, by the name of Tom, who introduced him to the insurance business. And he decided to embark on a journey in 1973 of uh, working with individuals, primarily selling life insurance for Metropolitan Life at the time. Uh, did that for a number of years. Over the years, expanded the practice. At one time, serviced uh, almost 4,000 uh, 4, households wow. here, primarily in, uh, in northern New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. Uh, over the years, that's kind of uh, changed. The business model changed uh, through the 80s. He got more into mutual funds and started handling money management to some degree, always having insurance and protection being kind of the baseline. So fast forward, you know, way on as a kid, I used to you know, drive around with my dad on Saturday and Sunday mornings and go on what was called the debit route when you could still collect cash for life insurance policy payments. <laughs> and, um, you know, I would sit across the table and, and uh, to see a ton of different people that would really just take my dad in as family. And I had a ton of aunts and uncles, Aunt Virginia and so on. And they weren't really my aunts or uncles, but they were uh, they were part of the family to some degree through my dad. And uh, that was really cool to see. So a true really family started. business, right? Where family clients business. are part of the family. That's right. That's right. And, and that, that's something that we try to continue to car carry through today. But, uh, you know, over the years, the business model changed. I went, I went to college. I went to Bentley up in, in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. I studied international business and finance. And I had the mindset of, you know, going into finance to some degree, either in an analyst role or um, maybe financial services. But I never really saw myself, honestly, working uh, for our family business and continuing it on. It kind of just happened by accident. Um, I took an internship with MetLife. Uh, while I was in college and just on the technology and kind of back off the side. And I, I started gaining some interest in that, in that field, but I always, I always admired how my dad helped people. And that's something that uh, drew me to giving it a shot. So when I got out of college, I had a few job offers and he said, you know, Hey, before you, before you go down that road, why don't we, why don't we give this a shot? You know, we've got something really special here. It's unique. We've got great clients that appreciate us and, um, I think it's something that you might be good at. So I gave it a shot and, uh, you know, here we are 18 years later. And how was that transition with your dad as you were coming into the business and learning from him and then transitioning and eventually, you know, running the business on your own? Well, it was, um, it was smoother than I would have ever imagined. And, and I attribute that to, uh, 
my dad really teaching me the old-fashioned way, letting me make mistakes, uh, learning from learning the business from the ground up, from filling out applications, making copies, and showing up at someone's house at seven o'clock at night, and they answer the door in their in their bathrobe and forgot that I was coming, kind of thing. Uh, you know, learn to confirm your appointment. <laughs> so, um, you know, he he really taught me how how to how to work the business from the ground up. Uh, using an analogy to construction, I, I once uh, was told that if you want to learn how to be a good contractor, you have to learn how to sweep up the job site at the end of the day too, and kind of see what got done. So I learned the business that way, um, and and I think that attributes to a lot of the success that we have today because I understand all the workings and all the sides of the business, kind of you know from the processing to the servicing and everything, because I was you know forced to learn it that way. The other the other thing that I think is really interesting is in a lot of family businesses, it's hard for the key business, the guy who started it, to kind of let go and adapt yeah. to newer things. And, you know, that was never my dad. You know, he always kind of let me put my own spin on it and, and utilize my youth and ideas to, to try. And, and, you know, clearly they didn't, they didn't all work, but um, we, he was always willing to try and adapt to, to change. And I think that that was really probably the number one uh, reason why we've had success in our, our expansion because he was open to the change. Yeah, it's, the change is important because it, it'll help you get to that next step. So is there one change that you made that you find was like really impactful for the business? I would say number one, hiring, hiring more staff was probably the biggest impact uh, to really allow us to, to do what what we could do and, and expand and grow into different markets and and help more people. That was uh, that was one of the biggest biggest changes. I'd say second to that, um, we started being more selective with which which clients that we take on. My my dad had a a, a very uh, very big problem. It was a good problem, but he, he never knew how to say no. He had so, a big heart. That was his problem, yeah, right? <laughs> his, his problem was he had a big heart and he, and he could never say no. And, you know, sometimes that took away time from being able to help the people that really needed us, if that makes sense. Right. So I know you and I have had this discussion before, but I'm going to ask you now is how do you define business success in Donato Financial? Well, I, 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 I translate my success to helping people. So the more people we can help, um, that's, that's the level of, I would say that's my barometer for the me measurement of success. However, you know, with success, we have a motto here at the Nada Financial Group, and that's you know, helping our clients do what they want, when they want, wherever they want, and with whoever they want. And um, I kind of trickle that down to myself, you know, being able to spend as much time with my family or friends as I want, kind of when, when I would like to do that and, and work with who we want, et cetera. So that's really how I measure the success. Great. And that's all about the family business, right? Um, are there any influencers or like notable people that you follow that you you believe in their motto of business success or or appreciate what they define business success as? I, I don't have one particular person. Um, I have a, a strong record of, of hiring coaches, business coaches over the years. And uh, that's something that I think is very important. And it's consistent across anyone who's successful in any career or, or any position, any athletes have an ongoing, ongoing coach. And I think oftentimes business owners don't think that they need 
to have a coach to hold them accountable. And, and I think that that's a really big mistake. So I think it's not necessarily a notable person, but maybe more more of a principle that we always need to keep listening and learning and being critiqued uh, to get better. Because if, if we're better and stronger and hone our craft, that that translates to, to through to our clients. I couldn't agree more. We need those people to to guide us and help us make decisions and and you know just see clearly for the future. Great, thank you. Um, what practices or systems do you use within your business to help you stay on track and help you grow um, and take the business to the next level? I have a complete business tracking. You know, some years ago, I hired a business coach who uh, who taught me a system, and it it was uh, career changing. And the basis of the system in in business is really to uh, to have like a cookbook, if you will, of the process of the business and. Uh, just defining a process first and foremost, which we never really had kind of going back, you know, when I first got started. Now, I think having a defined process of meeting with clients, building that rapport, uh, you know, getting getting true insight of what they're looking to accomplish throughout a series of meetings and and following that process each and every time that we meet people really does two things. It, it, first and foremost, it gets us to a yes or no you know, as quickly as possible. And sometimes the no is, is just as gratifying as the yes. If, if there's not a fit for someone to work with us, uh, you know, that's fine. Let's just kind of, let's weed that out both for their purposes and our purposes, you know, over a series of, uh, of a few meetings. So having that defined process is, is probably number one. And then number two for our own back office processes, just, just tracking and, and uh, doing our best uh, we've adapted some technology just to you know stay out and stay in contact with with our our clientele great and what would you say is the number one thing that sets donato financial apart from the other financial advisors that are out there in the marketplace well i'm sure there you know there are some great uh, financial advisors out in the marketplace and, and i know a, a bunch of them it's actually a great great peer community right. but uh, you know i have extreme passion we have experience, we have, um, we have expertise, but we've seen a lot. Um, we're fully independent and objective. So we work with any insurance company, any investment house, but over the, the, you know, the last 50 years, there's been a lot of different scenarios that have crossed our desks. And I think that's what really sets us apart is that we've, we've seen a lot and that experience can help us you know, embark on, on helping our clients or really regardless of what their scenario is. We've, we've probably seen it. We've probably seen that type of insurance policy. We've probably worked with a business owner that had three or four partners with one estranged, you know, that type of thing. Right. So we, we've seen a lot. And I think that's really what sets us apart. Yeah. Experience is, uh, is priceless. Yeah. And, it, and I and think just, God, you know, I think there's one, one more, one more aspect. I've traveled around the country and I've, I've met, um, you know, tons of people that wear the same hat that I do. And most, I must say, are, are in the same age bracket as my father was, which would be, you know, about 70 years old. And most of those conversations are around their grandkids and how they can't wait to retire and how they're, you know, spend six months in Florida, et cetera. You know, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I have two kids. I'm married and uh, I'm here. I'm in this, I'm in this uh, seat for a while, 
And I think a differentiator is that I'm, I'm going to be here to continue the promises that we make with our clients. Uh, whereas maybe some of my peer advisors, although they might be great at what they do, if they're in their 70s, they only have so much more runway to go while they can still kind of be in that seat. Great point. So you touched a little bit about, you know, your clients and what they do for fun and they get to the point in their life where they want to have fun. So what do you do to keep that work life balance? I know you work hard, you work long hours, but what's, what's the other side of the coin that, you know, the, the fun part of Nick, the fun part of Nick. Well, like I said, I have two children. I have a boy and a girl. Um, my, my daughter is nine going on 19. And, uh, Aren't they my, all? <laughs> uh, my son and my son Nicholas. He's he's six, and um, you know my my wife Christina. We we just try to find that balance and and uh, really be disciplined. I work hard and I play hard. We do a lot of traveling, usually three to four trips per year. Uh, we do get down to the Jersey Shore in the summer, and um, we we play golf together on Sunday mornings. Hit the hit the golf range and just kind of try to take advantage and, and experience and take every moment uh, for what it is. You know, I've, I've seen a lot in my career, Cheryl, and that's, I think, allowed me to be a better advisor, a better father, a better right. husband, uh, and a better friend. I've seen, and I have, I've seen so much that I think I just have a great perspective on life and, and finding that balance where, you know, we're here, I'm accessible, but I also know how to turn it off and just kind of be there for my family. So I think right. a lot of people don't know how to do that. Right. And I, I do. If it's and it's so important because the kids are only nine one time and you, you need to be there for that and enjoy that. I always say, you know, enjoy every moment of your children because it goes by so fast. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think, I think that goes for a, uh, any stage of life. I mean, for me personally, my children are obviously young, as we talked about, and it's true, they're only young for a short period of time. But what I've experienced with, with some of my clients are actually some of the older older people transitioning from uh, from work to retirement. You know, folk, business owners that have worked and grinded for 25 or 30 years in their business, whether it be a restaurant or manufacturing company or whatever, um, you know, it's hard for them to step away and actually start to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And I think that we do a really great job with that of, of trying to utilize our experience and the coaching that I've gotten over the years to build out a schedule. Maybe two days you're working from seven to six like you always did. Two days you do a half a day and then one day you, you just don't go in. You know, so I'm, we utilize uh, some of the things that I've learned to make our business more efficient. Right to translate to some of our clients, but it's a hard transition. It's hard to retire. It's hard for business owners right. who've, who've worked and grinded to, to step they away. Built the business. So they built the business. It's hard. It's hard to step away and enjoy it. So, um, you know, that's something that we're often having that conversation with business owners being a family business ourselves. You know, we, we, we understand that, you know, that I've gone through transition and, um, uh, Again, it all gives us the clarity to help people because we we're, we're just real people. I got right. two, we're we're just like everybody else. People helping people. People helping people. That's right. So important. So, are there any events or initiatives that you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything going on that uh, you would like them to know about? Well, I think I think first and foremost, I'd like everyone to know that I'm I'm willing to meet with anyone. You know, we going back to the history of our business, we. Again, back to that coffee table or kitchen table, I'm, I'm a face-to-face -face person. So 
you know, this past year has been very difficult for me personally and just emotionally to to resort to technology like Zoom or conference calls to transact business and to be with clients. You know, our clients are our direct extension right. and are, are oftentimes thought of as our family. And it's been hard not to see them. So I first and foremost want everyone to know I'm I'm willing to to get together and meet and and uh, and talk you know face to face. I think that that's how the best relationships are built. And, and this so computer, although it's a great tool, is uh, it's just a tool. It's not a means. You know, I think we still need to uh, we still need to be a little bit more a little bit more face to face. So that's first and foremost. Number two, um, I find there's been so much uh, reliability put into websites and um, we have a website donatofg.com you can go on and get a better idea of what it is that we do but uh, speaking for myself I, I don't necessarily dig through and read through someone's website 100 percent to learn what they do i think there's a lot of strength in video and um you know i've got a lot to say i've got a lot of stories to tell i don't have to make them up i've got a lot to say i love to share share stories of things that, that we've kind of dealt with over the years personally and in business with with uh with different situations. So we have a series of um, videos that are going to be coming up, videos and um, and interviews around topics that may or may not apply to, to the audience. And I think that that's important because it'll be able to translate a little bit of a breath of what we do and how we do it uh, in the form of a video rather than on the website. So I'm excited about that. That's going to roll out over the next three to six months. Um, so that, I'm really looking forward to that. And how will our listeners find those videos? Well, we're going to post them up on the internet um, utilizing social media, which uh, for me, it's primarily LinkedIn. Um, we, I've always kind of shied away from the social media thing. It just really hasn't been my thing, but uh, I'm getting there. So we have a LinkedIn uh, um, and, and we do have a Facebook page. So we, we are going to try to get a little bit more of an outreach, uh, outreach there. But candidly, 100% of our clients, uh, you know, come to us through an introduction. Uh, and a that's something referral. that it's a direct introduction. Uh, and, and that's something that we never really relied on any type of social media to, you know, to bring in new opportunities. So I'm not really looking at the social media or these videos as a way to bring in new opportunities, although it may happen organically, just more of an education. I think as an advisor, we have a responsibility to put good information out there for our audience to learn from, you know, whether, whether or not you come into our office and work with us, at least it's, you know, something that maybe you could take and find value in. Great. Looking forward to seeing them. So what do you do as an organization to pay your success forward? Is there a specific charity that you support or um, volunteerism that you, that you do either individually or, or as a firm? Yeah. Um, we do you know we've always been very philanthropic um we fought support a number of charities locally and nationally you know some of the big ones um uh, you know the can cancer society is close to us saint jude is, is close to us that we support each and every year you know i just had this conversation actually yesterday with a client of mine um, that she's in a position fortunately or unfortunately she has significant amount of wealth and she doesn't have any family to, to leave it to she never had children and doesn't have any, um, no, no siblings. So there's really no one, no one to leave any of her money to. And we had, a, we had a conversation around charity and she said, you know, I've been supporting these big charities for a number of years and I just feel like 
I, I don't know where the money's going. And I said, well, I'm sure that I'm sure it's going where it's supposed to go. But why don't we focus on some more local charities? Because that's what I've done personally and as a firm uh, most recently over the last 10 years. And we support a few um, a few organizations that are, are in the special needs space. Uh, we work a lot with families who have children or family members with developmental disabilities. It's something that's near and dear to us and kind of an, a niche, if you will. We work a lot with special needs families and uh, we support the ARC of uh, Bergen and Passaic counties here in, in Hackensack and Passaic County. Um, and as well as the Developmental Disabilities Association of New Jersey, which is headquartered down in Woodbridge. And they provide services to citizens with developmental disabilities, workshops and, and uh, work placement and things like this. And it, it's really, it's great and it's an underserved community. So that's something that, um, and our dollars go a long way. Even a little bit helps quite a bit. So that's something that, that we've been doing. And, and I think it's important always to uh, always to give back, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, but I also feel like when it comes to charity, Cheryl, it's oftentimes I see people kind of spread a little bit, a little bit around to a lot of different places. And I don't know if that's the best answer. You know, I, I think maybe if you hone in on one local charity and one or two and, and make a you know, bigger, significant impact, right. maybe it's better. I, I don't know. That's just I think that's great thing. advice because I think people, you know, they they send their $25 check to many different organizations and it doesn't have as much of an impact if you send the $250 to the same organization. Yeah, and you know, there's a financial impact and and right. it's a win-win, right? For for businesses or individuals if 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 you give, you do get a little bit in return yeah. emotionally, which is which is great, but also there's a financial incentive and I think oftentimes people don't realize that it, you, know, it, you can reduce some of your tax liability by making a, a good contribution. Right. Right. And it, it warms the heart as well. It's, it's uh, yeah, like you said, emotionally satisfying. It is. It is definitely. definitely. So anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to, to let the audience know about? Um, I, I think, that, I think the biggest thing is just, communicating to the audience that, um, you know, we're, we're accepting new, new clients. Um, you know, we, we'd love to build new relationships, um, not trying to be everything to all people, but, um, you know, I think back to the question you asked me about business success, kind of doing what we want with who, whom we want and when we want to do it. I think our firm has reached a level of success that, you know, we don't necessarily need to take on every business relationship, but we really want to take on the right ones. And I think it's just, it's important to, um, it's important just to kind of, I think, make that message that, you know, we, we may not be a fit for you and you may not be a fit for us, but, you know, let's have a conversation and just kind of itemize that and figure out, figure out if it, if it makes sense. Right now, there's so much going on in, in our world. There's so much uncertainty out there. I think that, uh, you know, we're finally, I think, coming to the end of, of COVID here, which is fantastic. But, um, I think individuals have never been more in touch with morbidity. Every time you turn on the news, it's you've got a death count and how many people are in on ventilators. You know, it's natural to get worried and maybe ask yourself the question, gee, what happens if something happened to me or are my ducks in a row? And, you know, it's never been a better time just to have a conversation and get a right. second opinion. We, you know, we touched a little bit, Cheryl, on, on our process and kind of how we have a defined process in place. I think it's just important to mention uh, I'm the type of person I go to a hotel and I look at the back of the door and I, I want to see how to get out of there if I have to. So um, 
you know, I think when it comes to our business, I get the question often like, so, so what does it look like, Nick? Do I come in? Do I pay a fee for your time? And, you know, are you going to want me to bring all my statements and kind of show you everything that I built in my life in the first five minutes that I meet you? And I think it's important to put everyone at ease. We have a process. The first meeting is called a discovery meeting. That's 20 minutes or so where we get together and just talk about what it is that you're looking to accomplish you know, as a person, as a business, as a family, whatever it, whatever it may be. I don't want to know how much money you have, how much money you make or anything like this. I just want to talk and, and see if your goals are aligned with kind of our firm beliefs, uh, number one. Then we leave, we part ways, and we decide at the end of that meeting if it makes sense for us to continue talking. And you know, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. If we did think it made sense, we'd have another meeting. And that would be a meeting where I call it an insight meeting, where I would communicate back to you with, uh, with what I heard and to make sure, again, did I hear everything and did I miss anything? And should we talk about anything else further? If at the end of that insight meeting, it still makes sense for us to get together, then we talk one more time. And that's at the point where you'd bring some statements and I'd start to make some formal recommendations to follow. There's no financial commitment. There's no fee for the planning sessions. It's just strictly conversations. If you don't like my recommendations, we just shake hands and part friends. So I think it's important to know that we do work a little bit differently. We never walk into someone that I never met before, regardless of who introduced me to them, and tell them 100% of what I had going on in my life in the first 20 minutes that I meet them. So I'm a firm believer in we need to get together three or four times and talk and see see if we're comfortable with one another. Right. And I think and, that that's and, really important to communicate. And in that process, you're building trust with one another as well, which is so important because if it is a yes at the end of the day, you're dealing with their their money, the the most you know, the, the thing that is closest to so many people. And it's important to have that that trust and that that good relationship and be sure that you're on the same page. Sure. And I you know, lastly, I think uh, in closing, I just there's a I think there's a big misconception out there that if you have a financial advisor, you have a financial advisor. It's important to to note that some of my largest relationships have multiple advisors. I, you know, Cheryl's heard me say it a million times, but the Yankees have more than one pitcher. You know, who's on your team? You know, it's okay to have a team of advisors, have more than one person, have two or three advisors looking at your stuff. And what right. that does is if those advisors are working together and communicating, the outcome is a lot better for you, obviously, because you have three or four sets of eyes looking at your stuff rather than one. But I think there's an indirect uh, accountability between advisors to say, hey, wait, we're going for a review. Let me make sure my ducks are in a row. I think it, it prevents a little bit of complacency. So I'm always OK to work with another advisor. In fact, a significant amount of our introductions come from other wealth management firms, you know, some of the big ones that you would know the names, um, because there may or may not be an expertise and vice versa. And I think that that's just important to keep our keep our client in the center of the center of the relationship. But know when we don't do something that great and to refer it out to another advisor is, is, is important. And that's something that we've done a great job with over the years. But for our clients, if you have a 20 year relationship with an advisor, I'm, I'm not trying to replace your relationship. I think it's just important to know maybe maybe I'll be asleep for, for something else. So you don't have to break up in order to work with us. Great to know, Nick, because I think so many people think it's uh, 
a relationship with one and, and stick with that, that one relationship, you know, throughout your life. Perfect. Thank you there's so a, there's, much. There's, a, there's only one. Are we done? Should I, should we? Wrap no, go ahead. <laughs> Carol, you're trying, you're trying to shut me up. <laughs> one, one last point. Um, you had you had asked me earlier about you know a differentiator and and I gave you a, a blanket differentiator but I think one of the biggest benefits of working with the Auto Financial Group is the access to our network of professionals just like yourself Cheryl we go back we have a great business relationship and personal relationship I know that if I had a client who had a question around something that you might be able to help with you know I could give you a call and you'd lend advice and I think that it's so important because over the 50 years of working, we have tremendous relationships with individual underwriters at the insurance companies, direct relationship with the investment houses. We have attorneys, accountants, we have firms like yours that we can call and ask a question. So clients of ours get access to our, our network of expertise. And I think that that's really valuable. It's, oh yeah, it's so invaluable. And, um, yeah, I think I think the general public is appreciating that more and more, especially in these times. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick, so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Cheryl. Nick's website, check it out. Reach out to Nick if you have questions or want to have a conversation. I know he will be more than happy to take time and and talk with you know any of our listeners. So thank you, Nick. Thank you, Cheryl. Have a good day. You do the same. So be sure to subscribe and stay connected uh, to get all the future episodes of Pathways to Profitability podcast. Be well and have a wonderful day. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 